this week's Adam Schefter podcast. In Hall of Fame week, we'll be joined by one of the newest members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Randy Moss, who recounts the road from Rand, West Virginia to Canton, Ohio. How are we feeling about the Pro Football Hall of Fame coming up here real quick, Randy? What has what, what this experience been like for you? Well, you know what, Adam? It's, it's actually been crazy because just been able to think all the way back to, to uh, Mr. Baker knocking on my door, man. It's been a it's been a crazy journey, but you know what? I've been receiving so much love, and uh, I think that the biggest thing that I've been overwhelmed with was me going throughout my NFL career, Adam, and, and you know, hearing, you know, all the negative stuff that was said about me, talked about me, and then being able to receive that that knock on the door from uh, from David Baker and going out to different parts of the country and just receiving a lot of people's genuine love, man. So I think I'm just overwhelmed with, I think, just more of the fan support than anything else. With that love coming your way, and deservedly so, is there one message from one person or one gesture from one person that has stood out to you and left a mark with you? Uh, just thinking off the top of my head, really, no. Um, one thing that really stood out to me was, uh, was just being from a small town and um, coming from a community incorporated where a lot of people were just looking at me just for, you know, one reason, and that was just for happiness, entertainment. And um, I think just throughout my whole career, a lot of people heard me talking about Rand University, Rand, West Virginia, you know, shout out to all my people back in Rand and stuff like that, because that's really that's really all I know. You know, just growing up, I just only really knew Rand, really didn't go many places growing up and went to college, ended up coming back to this state. So, you know, for me to be able to be on that, that big of a stage, you know, all I could just think about is, you know, being back on the country roads and uh, just wondering if I was, you know, making the people that I grew up with, just making them proud and making them happy. So that was one of the biggest things that I, that I took throughout my 14 career is, you know, taking my community and putting them on my back and just making everybody proud. When did you have any idea, Randy, growing up in West Virginia, going to DuPont High School, when did you have any idea that the Pro Football Hall of Fame would be an attainable goal? Never. Never? Never. Wow. Never. I, I, I never, I, I mean, I never, ever, really ever thought about it. I mean, you can go back to high school, college. You can go to any of my interviews. I don't think I've ever said professional foot I've never said Hall of Fame in any of my interviews and I can't remember so for me to think I just wanted to just play football and I think that for me to be able to get a scholarship where my mom didn't have to pay for me to go to school and then for me to get drafted um being able to get my family out of poverty and and, and put smiles on their faces and do and get some of the things that you know that I've never had or do some of the things that I was never able to do so I think that I was more just satisfied with that you know for me to be able to you know be a hall of famer you know one of 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 a few guys to ever uh grace this earth to be able to put on that that gold jacket it's definitely an honor it's definitely a privilege but I can honestly say I, I, I never thought in my wildest dreams that you know that could be me 
When you say poverty and many things you were never able to do or have, what was that like? Give me an idea of what level of poverty we're talking about. I mean, I'm not, you know, trying to, you know, embarrass my mom or anything like that because she had to just give us what she had. But when you have a, a single parent, you know, providing for three kids, working three jobs and not knowing where your next meal was going to come from or when your mom's next payday was to put food in the house where you're eating on, you know, leftovers for three or four, sometimes five uh, days in a row, um, it's... It, so those are the memories that really stuck out to me that just really made me just want to go out here, make people proud, uh, be able to give my mama the things that she uh, never had and try to take her places and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just a lot. Of, you know, when you're growing up in poverty, you know, Adam, you know, definitely in a black community, man, it's just a, it's just a lot of things. There's just not one thing, man. You know, there's, you name it, you know, from your living, your bedroom, uh, food, water. I mean, just a lot of things that really goes on, you know, in a house where you don't really have a lot. And like I say, I can't just put my my finger on one thing. It was just a struggle going up. And, and, and the, the biggest thing that, that I really look at look back now is, you know, under, understanding, you know, what the struggle is, what the struggle was. And I think that a lot of people that really know me, that's really what kept me humble throughout my whole career. How often do you think of that struggle now in life or when you were going through your NFL career? Adam, every day. Yeah. Every day. I mean, I'm a multimillionaire now, but one, I never get, I never forget where I come from. I never forget, you know, how I was raised, the morals and values that was instilled in me. I never forget about the people that, that helped me get to where, to where I got and, you know, just thinking back uh, of reflecting back in Rand, West Virginia, Adam, that's every single day. Every single day of my life, I still think about, you know, the hard times and, you know, how I've been blessed, how God has, has taken me from, from, from Rand and, and brought me to, to Canton, Ohio. So it's not a day that goes by, man, that I don't think about my life and, and, and where I've come from. Does an experience like this going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame does it hammer at home even more, or it was always there even before you were selected for entry? I think it. I, I think it was before I was selected, Adam. I mean, you, you, you know, I grew up in an unincorporated community. You know, I was born in 1977. You know, moved up to uh, Rand, West Virginia, in like '83, and um, never really understood what unincorporated really meant until I got older and. It's 2018, and my community is still incorporated. So, you know, for me to sit back every single day, talk about RAN, uh, tweet about RAN, do a podcast with you talking about RAN, you know, I really believe in my heart, man, that, you know, if I made it out of there, man, there's a lot of other people, there's other great things that can come out of RAN. But, you know, for, for me to, to, to sit back and, you know, I don't laugh, I don't point fingers, I don't blame, uh, because I wouldn't have it no other way. I think that's just really what made me who I am today. And, you know, that's just one of the chips, you know, that I used to carry on my shoulder while I played. Uh, was just being from there, you know, where nobody really cared for you. Uh, really didn't seem like nobody cared for me. So it's just some of the things that really just fueled me, man. And now that, 
you know, I'm blessed and able to move forward in life, to be able to have money, to have a loving wife, to have a beautiful family. You know, a lot of it now is just it's just more of just trying to give back and just bring people and uplift people along the way. How will Rand be represented on the night of the induction ceremony? Do we have people coming out from Rand? <laughs> oh, man. How will Rand represent, how will Rand West Virginia be represented? Yeah. Aside from the obvious that you are carrying that community and representing it yourself. But is there man, anybody think, coming out? I, I think there's probably going to be, a, my biggest thing, man, is for, you know, people not just, just, just try to stay out of trouble, man. I already warned the Hall of Fame about, you know, my community and I told them <laughs> they're coming. I already told them they're coming. One thing about country folk, Adam, they know how to party. They bring out the moonshine, the liquor, the beer. They bring it all out. So one thing about the people from Rand, West Virginia, not just Rand, just the whole state, I think a lot of people really seen my journey, seen my development, seen my struggle, seen my pain, seen my happiness, uh, and, and, and was able to follow me throughout my whole journey, man. So you've heard me talking um you know, even at the desk with you guys, you know, just talking about it's not about me, it's about others, bringing others along. And I know my life, and I know, you know, playing 14 years, breaking all these records, making a lot of people happy. I knew, I just knew that, that, that it wasn't about me. And for me to be able to put this gold jacket on, Adam, it's still not about me. So you're asking me how a Rand rep- represent, Rand yeah. West Virginia be represented? Man, it, it just... It, it's just a lot of people coming and out, coming out to have a good time, man. You're gonna see a lot of, a lot of tears. You're gonna see a lot of screaming, a lot of joy. The one thing I hope you don't see is some fighting, but that might come out too, man. Because that's that's just Rand, West Virginia. I'm just telling you, man. Ain't no telling what you're gonna see. But I, but like I said, man, I, I enjoy the support, and hopefully they come out to support me and have a good time with me. Well, Randy, we cannot have any violations of the personal conduct policy in Canton, Ohio. We cannot have that. Well, I'm going to tell you what, you go ahead and find me, what is the five, 50 rates, 50K? <laughs> you tell them I'm sending 50, matter of fact, I'm sending, sending $51,000 in, just the extra thousand just for anything else. But uh, it's going to be a fine coming out the weekend of August 2nd through the 5th. But, man, I look forward to it, just spending time with some of my people, some of my loved ones, and like I said, a lot of the people that, that was along with me on this journey. Now, I don't know what people have told you about this weekend. But if you'll allow me to give you a little bit of a preview, having been fortunate enough and honored enough to go to Canton, Ohio, I'd say, I don't know, 15, 20 years now, you're going to have on Friday night, or Friday afternoon, we'll start there, you'll go to Brookside Country Club, and they have the Nitschke Luncheon, where every returning member of the Hall of Fame roasts you and the incoming class. And you're sitting in this room, (laughs) you're sitting in this room, Randy. With the greatest football players of all time, and they don't allow anybody in, but back when I was the president of the Pro Football Writers of America, they allowed the officials of the PFWA in there. So I got to attend some of those luncheons, and I can tell you to this day, it still was one of the greatest honors of my career to be allowed into that small fraternity, even though I'm not in that fraternity, but to be allowed to observe that small fraternity and to see how they treat the incoming members. That that luncheon on Friday... Is going to blow you away. And then Friday night, you're going to be handed your gold jacket. And you're going to be brought to tears. 
And then Saturday night, when Rand West Virginia is in the audience, and everybody's yeah, there boy, to support yeah. you, and you got to give the speech, you are going to have truly one of the most emotional weekends of your entire life, ever. It's going to overwhelm you, and it's going to be more than you could ever anticipate. Do you have any idea about what's ahead? No, but I'm going to tell you what I told you. I had fun, Adam, for 14 years playing a game that I started out playing since I was six years old. So my wife told me I've never, ever celebrated any of my accomplishments. I don't know what it feels like. I don't even think I know how to party or celebrate wow. it. If that if that's what it is, and I'm not I'm I'm not blowing smoke, and I'm not sitting here looking for any sympathy, but I've never celebrated any accomplishments that I've ever had in 14 years. So, uh, like I say, I don't know what that feels like. Well, I don't why why is that? Is that is that because you were just so busy focused on what was ahead? Man, I guess I, I because I was just so used to it. I you know I I've been playing since I was six years old, Adam. So. The only thing that I really care about was winning and losing because that's that's really what I was taught. I mean, you win games, everybody's happy. If you lose games, lose games, no one's happy. So, the only thing I really cared about was going out here to compete with 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 a with a team and and, and win. You know, just win. And like I say, uh, when it when they finally when it dawned on me that they were paying me to play this game, oh man, I didn't know what to think. You know, because I love doing it. I mean, I've been doing it for so long. I just love playing football. So when they told me I was able to get checks from it, man, I didn't know. I didn't know what to think or what to do. I just know that just being able to to, to put smiles on a lot of people's faces, man, it just that's really what made me feel good with playing football is being able to help and please others. Will you allow yourself to celebrate your accomplishments on Hall of Fame weekend? I mean, Adam, I don't. I don't really know what that would really feel like. I mean, I, I know I'm going to have my family and my friends around me, hopefully have some of my teammates. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I invited Dante Culpepper, so I hope he comes. He meant a lot to me throughout my 14-year uh, career. Um, you know, so just being able to, you know, just be around, you know, a lot of guys that, that, that really meant something to me. I guess if that's, if, if that's what the party in and, reminiscing and hugging and stuff, listening to music. If, if that's what that weekend consists of, then I look forward to it. Yes, that, that I'm going to do it. We'll be back in a moment with more of my conversation with Randy Moss. But first, I want to tell you about ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash ASP. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com ASP. That's ZipRecruiter.com ASP. 
ZipRecruiter.com slash ASP. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. What would it have meant to you if Dennis Green could have been there that weekend? Man. I mean, you're trying to get me emotional on the road, Adam. That's right, Randy. I am. Well, damn, I know, I know uh, what buttons to push there, right? <laughs> well, I, I think that, you know, uh, Dennis was, was, was treated unfairly. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I know he's not. I know he wasn't treated unfairly because he was a bad coach. But I wonder if he was treated unfairly because of the color of his skin. And, I mean, no one has. You know, no one has to answer that. That's just a question I had in my head. And the, the way people thought about Dennis Green and the way people treated Dennis Green, and I see the way people treat me. I went up in the ring of honor, uh, and I see the way that, you know, that people, you know, cheer my name on. And however they feel about me and whatever they think about me, I think that you owe Denny Green that much respect because if it wasn't been for Denny Green to pull the trigger to bring me in as a Viking, then – what type of, of, of excitement or what type of happiness would have, would have been in the Metrodome? You know, what type of excitement would those people and those families and their loved ones would have had, you know, seeing the Minnesota Vikings, uh, you know, win all those games and me do all those things. So, you know, Coach Dennis Green meant a lot to me on my journey. You know, other than my mom, he meant as much to me on my journey just as any other person. You mentioned that Denny Green – the struggle that he went through with the color of his skin. Have you seen attitudes change towards black head coaches in the NFL since Denny Green was a head coach in Minnesota? I think Coach Green being, you know, a well-respected, you know, African-American head coach, a well-respected African-American man, I think that that opened up a lot of doors for African-Americans to be able to lead an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that a lot of people owes Dennis Green a lot of credit, man. I mean, the more I hear, you know, a lot of coaches talk about, you know, Coach Dennis Green helping them with their development, you know, as coaches. And, you know, you look at, you know, the great Bill Walsh, you know, who Coach Green was under. And, excuse me, a lot of his coaches was able to go off and, expand their brand just by being great coaches. So I don't think that really the color of Coach Green's uh, skin really had to do with him just being a great man and a great coach. Um, I just think that when, you know, things start going downward, of course it was easy to point the finger and, and throw the blame at Coach Dennis Green. But I don't think to me, Adam, that his greatness as a coach and his greatness as just being a man – uh, had nothing to do with his color, his color of his skin. The more people that I've met, you know, along the way, just loved him just being a straight-up, genuine coach that just loved, loved football, and he taught me a lot, man. It, it, that's the one thing that I, I'll never forget. He just taught me a lot just about life and, you know, just taking, you know, football and just taking life and tying it all in together. As much respect as I have for the game of football, as much as you have in the game of life, and it goes both ways, so... Like I say, it's just a lot of, you know, thank yous, a lot of hugs, and a, a, a lot of things that I owe Coach Green for because he taught me a lot. And like I said, if, if he'd have never pulled that trigger on draft day, then where would I be? You know, what organization would I have played for, if any? Uh, and where would I be in life? I don't know. So, 
like I say, I just owe him a lot of thank you, a lot of credit, and um, none of this would be possible if he would have made that call that day. Well, you mentioned him making that call that day and pulling the trigger. And a lot of people thought back then, in the 1998 draft, where you went 21st overall to Minnesota when Denny Green did pull the trigger, that you would wind up in Dallas, which went ahead and took Greg Ellis. And for years, you seemed to have great games against the Cowboys, and everybody reminded Jerry Jones of the fact that he bypassed you. How much were you fueled by Dallas bypassing you in the draft, and did you ever wonder what your career would have been like if you had been a Cowboy? Well, I did want to know, um, you know, what my career would have been, you know, because uh, Dallas had, they had a lot of, you know, key uh, guys in place to make another Super Bowl run. So, you know, it was kind of like me, like more of what if, you know, going into the locker room, you know, being able to see Dion and uh, see Michael Irvin catch a couple balls from Troy, the offensive line. You know, I have my heart. I have my heart set on you know going to uh, going to Dallas. And then when I when they drafted Greg Ellis, you know, you know I had like a lot of uncertainty set in to where where was I going to go? Uh, I haven't talked to anyone, um, so I didn't really know how the process went. So whenever I got called from uh, Dennis Green, knowing that that I was uh, going to be a Viking. You know, being able to look at the schedule and just being able to see, oh, we got Dallas on Thanksgiving? <laughs> so it, it was just more of, you know, you're supposed to take it one game at a time. Your coach always tells you to take it one game at a time. Yeah, I had my coming out party Monday night against the Green Bay Packers, but Adam, in, in, in all honesty, there was, you know, I just really wanted to play Dallas. And I think that the year that I was having really gave me a little bit more comfort that I could go in and really make plays and, you know, that touchdown with me up the sideline. It's like early in my career, like later in my career, I probably went out of sight. I would probably went out of bounds right there. Hmm. But early in my career, it was just, you know, I was just determined. I just wanted to get in that end, end zone any way I could possibly get in that end zone and, you know that's 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 something I will never forget as a, as a player of of how how many times I played the Dallas Cowboys and how many times they won. Did Jerry Jones ever express to you his regret for bypassing you? Did you ever say anything to him about it? No, uh, he said. You know what's funny? We were on the set. We did the preseason game, Dallas Cowboys against the L.A. Rams. Two years ago, you remember that game? We were there. We watched it in the truck together. There you, there you go. So Jerry comes out, and we're on the set. And so, you know, I just wanted to pay my respects to Jerry. You know, just to show him some love. You know, just let him know, like, you know, I, I I'm not, you know, mad or bitter anymore because you didn't draft it. You know, let bygones be bygones. So I came off the set. You know, tapped him on the shoulder. You know, held out my hand and shook my <laughs> hand and. He actually gave me a hug and whispered in my ear, man, Randy, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey, we should have drafted you. I hope you're not mad at me. And I just said, you know, Mr. Jones, all is forgiven. You know, I understand it was a, you know, a business decision. The game is a business. I understand it, man. And, you know, it really felt good to me that he was able to just, you know, to say he was sorry. I mean, 
mean, that's Jerry Jones. He didn't have to apologize for that, you know. So for him to to, to, to say that to me, to hug me, whisper in my ear, that meant a lot to me. Uh, hopefully it meant something to him, but it meant a lot to me knowing that, you know, the mark that I was able to put on the National Football League, the mark that I was able to put on others, you know, was was, was a genuine mark. You have the owner of the Dallas Cowboys to come up and apologize to me for not drafting me. That was big. That would have been some kind of combination. Randy Moss on America's team. Think about that for a moment. Randy Moss on the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. I still like the ring to that. <laughs> I know, hey, I know it can't happen, but boy, if, if that could have happened, that would have been a great. So, I mean, I would have, I went to the locker room. I think, uh, I'm trying to think. I think Michael was in there working out. And I just really just looked at the history, looked at their Super Bowl rings, and just looked at, you know, a, a professional locker room, been able to see inside, you know, talk to, to Jerry, been able to talk to Dion and, you know, it's kind of like you go to your first recruiting trip and they kind of sell you on coming to that school and they don't want you to take any other visits. It's kind of like, you know, the visit I took to Dallas, they, they kind of sold me, but I didn't know it was unlike a college recruiting visit. So, And that was your, that was your, that was your pre-draft visit? Yeah. That, I mean, that, that was the one that really sold me and I was so used to, um, what, what I was recruited in college that I thought, you know, I, I really wasn't up to speed about how it went, uh, but I think that my mindset was kind of like the, the, the college format of, of recruiting. Mm-hmm. And so when they were telling me they were going to draft and they were to get me, that's where my heart was. I was going to be a Cowboy. You know, you played for the Vikings, the Raiders, the Patriots, the Titans, and the 49ers. And I remember as an NFL reporter hearing when you were in Minnesota or Oakland, that there was a chance you could wind up in Green Bay with Brett Favre. And I think maybe part of the reason was you were represented back in the day by the great Buzz Cook, who also represented Brett Favre. Was there ever a time where you thought you were going to wind up in Green Bay with Brett Favre? The way it was put to me, they didn't have enough money to give me. Hmm. So Brett Favre just signed an extension or something, so he told them to take a couple dollars from his contract and give it to me. But then it was told to me that if they gave me the money that I was asking for, that that was going to be more money than Donald Driver was making. And they couldn't, um, they didn't want to make Donald Driver unhappy, so they wasn't going to bring me into Green Bay. Simple as that. But there was some conversation or thought about the possibility of you and Brett playing together up until it was explained to you that it couldn't happen? That's all I know. That's all I know. I yeah. mean, that's, that is really all I know. The, the Packers considered it. Uh, they didn't have enough money. Brett wanted to, you know, give up some of his contract to, to, to give me something that would satisfy me, but they couldn't pay me because Donald Driver's money. That's what was told to me, Adam. That's all I know. What about New England? What was it like to play for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady? What was the biggest thing that you got out of playing with two of the all-time greats? One of the biggest things, the biggest thing that I took from them is, is more of the studying habits and preparation needed in order to succeed. And what I mean by that is Bill used to take us through climbing over walls, climbing up under, up over, barbed wire fence through the week. 
then on Sunday it would make our job a little bit easier because of how hard we worked during the week. So, you know, a lot of the film study, he used to quiz us. He used to question us and made sure we were on top of our game because if he knew something, if he knew a cornerback had bad hands or he was bad at tackling, he wanted to make sure we knew it because if we caught that ball, he wanted to make sure we didn't go out of bounds. He wanted to make sure we knew that if the quarterback couldn't tackle, you get this ball and make him tackle. So it was just a lot of things that they taught me about the ins and outs and sort of the ABCs and one, two, threes of uh, professional football. And you see what type of magic uh, we made up there. So, you know, I'm forever grateful, you know, to them guys, to that organization, man, because of the success that we were able to have and been able to just teach me a lot. You know, going in 10 years later when I'm thinking I, you know, I know it all. I've seen this many coverages. I know how to practice. I know how to study. Kind of like they, like, like refueled the fire for me. And um, it felt good doing it. You said that you never took much time to celebrate your career. But if you'll allow me to indulge you for just a moment, you led the NFL in touchdown catches five times, Randy. Five times. You set the NFL single-season record with 23 touchdown catches in 2007. You're one of two players with 10 1,000-yard receiving seasons. You were second all-time in receiving touchdowns with 156. Four times first-team All-Pro. Six-time Pro Bowler. And you are the sixth wide receiver elected to the Hall of Fame in his first year of eligibility, joining Lance Allworth, Raymond Berry, Steve Largent, Jerry Rice, Paul Warfield. When you hear all these numbers and you think back on your career, what are you most proud of? (laughs) The most thing that I'm proud of, Adam, is being able to make this money, man, and and get my family out of poverty, man. Hmm. That's the biggest thing for me. I mean, it's, there's days that I wake up and walk out my door and look at a swimming pool and it makes me smile that I'm able to do that. I worked hard to be able to provide that for my kids. And, you know, all those numbers and stuff that you just threw out at me, I mean, it sounded good, but <laughs> you know, that stuff, that, that's, that's not what I played for, man. I, I mean, I enjoy playing. I hope that the entertainment and the joy that I brought to the fans, I, I hope it was, it was enough because I love doing it. And, but you asked me the number one thing that I take for 14 years playing in the league, I made enough money to take care of my family, man. And that's one thing that any man would love to have, just enough money to take and provide for his family. So um, now that I'm older, like I said, you know, happily married, got a great, beautiful family, got kids in sport, got kids doing this and doing that, man, and I'm, I'm able to provide for them, Adam. I mean, you can't ask no more, for, you can't ask no more than that. Would you let your kids play football, Randy? Certainly, most certainly. But I got to educate them on it first. Football is a very brutal sport, and I would never let my kids go out there, you know, with blinders on. You know, I took them to see the movie Concussions. Uh, I like for them to talk to other players and stuff when we meet them. I like to educate them on the game of football. I like to educate them on the business side of football. So, uh, but I don't want them playing football just to feel that they need to follow in their father's footsteps. I want them to play the game because they genuinely love it and it's in their heart and their blood. If that's the case, then I I welcome them to the field with open arms. And do they know how different their life is growing up 
compared to how yours was growing up in Rand, West Virginia? Do they have any idea? They have no clue. <laughs> they have no clue. I mean, I try to preach it to them. I try to tell it to them sometimes. But in this generation, it's just some things that's just left unexplained, especially when they really can't fathom or understand where I'm coming from. It's just more of, Adam, I grew up a street dude, man. I'm not I'm not ashamed that I'm not scared to say it, man. I just grew up in the streets. I'm a street type of guy, so my kids didn't grow up that way. So it's just certain things that I that I keep away from them, but I think it's certain things that they need to know and be educated up, uh, on, too. And that's why on that Saturday night when you're giving that speech and your mom is in the audience and she's looking up at you and you're looking down at her, you'll know how far a street dude has come to get to Canton, Ohio. Best believe it, Adam, man. I appreciate it, bro. Randy. I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much for the time today. Congratulations on a Hall of Fame run and really a Hall of Fame life. It's incredible, everything that you've been able to overcome, and I salute you for getting to where you are today, and I'm proud to have you as a teammate. Appreciate it, Adam. Much love to you, brother. I'll see you in a few, all right? Look forward to it, my friend. Thank you, Randy. Thanks, man. Take Take care. care. How great was that, and how great was Randy? A very special thank you to my friend and colleague, Randy Moss, and a congratulations to him on his pending induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We'll be back next week with another special edition of the Adam Schefter Podcast. Thanks for listening this week, everybody.